listening to Closer Look. Hi, I'm Richard Hunt. Thank you for joining us. Ever since the 1990s, Veggie Tales has provided a fun and inspirational take on stories from the Bible. The characters share Christian values aimed at a level where kids can comprehend, but leaving in enough for parents and other adults to share a smile. Now there is a reset being planned. All new episodes are in the works, expected to debut this fall on TBN the Trinity Broadcasting Network. Phil Vischer was the co-creator of VeggieTales, and he is deeply involved in the exciting project for a new generation of viewers. The concept of, of vegetables talking about God. Phil, where did that, that idea come from? Uh, some people have accused us of trying to get kids to eat more vegetables, and others have accused us of trying to get them to eat less vegetables. And it was really neither. I was a computer animator in Chicago, um, back around 1990, way, way, like 150 years ago, in the early days of, of computer animation, the technology of the day could only handle simple shapes. So you couldn't do people, you couldn't do puppies. And I thought, okay, I need really simple shapes to tell Bible stories. What should I use? And I thought, well, how about a candy bar? And so I made a little candy bar on the computer, and I gave them eyes and a nose and a mouth. And I thought, okay, this could work. Kids like candy bars. And then my wife walked by. I had been married about a year at this point and said, you know, kid, moms are going to be mad if you make their kids fall in love with candy bars. And I thought, oh, she's right. Okay, what is shaped like a candy bar that wouldn't make moms mad about their kids falling in love with? And the next thing that popped into my head was a cucumber. So I made Larry the cucumber. He was tall and skinny. He needed a friend who was short and round. I thought, okay, tomatoes, short and round. So we had a cucumber and a tomato. And that's how VeggieTales was born. How do you go about adding personalities, you know, to, to the vegetables? How do you infuse that? Yeah, it's, it's one of a couple of ways. One way is your own personality. So uh, Bob is me when I've had too much caffeine. And I'm just kind of <laughs> wired and bouncing off the walls and getting frustrated that things aren't going well. Um, Larry the Cucumber is my friend Mike Naraki, who I met in Bible college. He became Larry the Cucumber. Larry the Cucumber is him. You meet him, you say, I just met Larry the Cucumber. But then there are other characters that I would get inspiration from um, a, a movie character, you know, someone in a film that would have an interesting voice. And I thought, oh, can I do that voice? That's interesting. So uh, when I was uh, just starting to have kids, one of the popular movies was The Nightmare Before Christmas. And there was the villain in The Nightmare Before Christmas is the Oogie Boogie Man, who kind of talks like this. And it was a really fun character. And I thought, oh, I think I can do that voice. Let's put that into a character, kind of a, a villain, bad guy. At the time, I needed a bad guy for one of our shows. So I made a big giant zucchini and I gave him that voice and he was playing the role of Nebuchadnezzar in the story of uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and that became Mr. Nezer. You know, Mr. Lunt was his sidekick. I thought, okay, he needs a sidekick. Another hit movie was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. In Who Framed Roger Rabbit, there are these weasels, and they're the gangster's sidekick, the bad guy's sidekick. And I thought, I could kind of do the voice of one of those weasels. He's a guy who says, man, what are we going to do with these guys? And I thought, okay, well, that's Mr. Lunt. He's a gangster's sidekick. So a lot of the characters are me imitating characters from movies that I like just to see, can I do a character like that? And then what vegetable should I put into? Uh, there's a, I'll tell you one more story. Jimmy and Jerry Gord, uh, Mike and I both worked at a video production house in Chicago. 
And the boss at that video production house had kind of a funny way of talking. And so when we created Jimmy and Jerry Gord, Mike and I both said, well, let's each do our own imitations of that boss that we had. And my imitation was, yeah, hi, how are you doing? And Mike's imitation was, hey, how are you doing? And those became Jimmy and Jerry Gord. There were both of us doing our own imitations of the same guy. How did you come up with the French peas? Oh, the French peas. Oh, it's quite easy. Mike and I both loved Monty Python. And uh, there's this classic scene in the classic Monty Python film, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, where uh, there are Frenchmen on top of a castle wall hurling insults at the Englishmen. And the insults don't make any sense at all. So we're telling the story of Josh and the big wall, basically Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. And I'm thinking, okay, so the Israelites are marching around the wall, you know, seven times. They're going to blow their horns. What are the people of Jericho doing? Are they just staring at them silently? And I thought, no, they're yelling insults. They're on the top of the wall yelling insults, which immediately made me think of the Frenchmen in Monty Python's The Holy Grail. And so I thought, okay, we've got French peas, and they're up there, and they're, you Israelites, you will not destroy our walls! And it was just so much fun uh, that we kept using them over and over again. And what do they say? Hello, children of Israel. It was nice to meet you. Now go away, something like that? Yes, now go away. (laughs) That is amazing. Now, I understand that you know, over the years, a lot of videos, uh, probably VHS followed by DVDs, were, were sold. Do you have a, a, an accounting? Like how, how many millions were actually sold? Oh, the last number I heard was 65 million, which is, just freaks me out. I have no idea where they, where they all are. At one point, someone did a, did a survey, and uh, there was a, a, at least one VeggieTales video in one-third of American homes where young children were present. And that just blew my mind that we were able to take Bible stories and get them into a third of all American homes with young kids uh, simply by doing it in an unexpectedly lighthearted way. Because quite often when we Christians, we want to teach people things, this is serious stuff. This is life or death. You know, this is heaven and hell and, and salvation and redemption. This is serious. We need to be serious about this. And not everyone responds to a really serious approach, even if it's a serious message. So we discovered that when I would sit down to tell a Bible story, I would start out by saying, what's sacred about this story? What what is this story given to us to communicate? Now, take that seriously. But once you've figured out what's sacred about the story— then feel free to enjoy the rest of it, to have fun with the rest of it. So when Daniel is with the lions in the lion's den, he walks out and says, thanks for the pizza, you know, just as a throwaway joke, like the lions ordered pizza for him. That's not really messing with what the story is about, but it's just something that makes people say, oh, I didn't expect that. That's fun. So it's that disarming humor that we discovered allows a lot more people to get gain interest and access to Bible stories that they thought would be too dry or dull or, or serious for them. To find that we made a way for kids to really enjoy engaging with their faith um, is really awesome. And then there were the kids that were going through hard times. You know, there were the, we've gotten letters from kids uh, that were wrestling with illness and cancer and that were stuck in children's hospitals. 
and they were watching VeggieTales over and over again. And it's not just to distract them from an illness or a loss, but it's the fact that we're saying, remember, kids, God made you special and he loves you very much. No matter what you're going through, God is there with you in it. So to be able to communicate that kind of deep theological truth, but in a format that's also entertaining, uh, gave us access to kids in some really hard situations. Now, my understanding is that VeggieTales is, to use the term, being born again. Uh, at some point in the history of VeggieTales, uh, things changed, maybe went sideways a little bit. Could you just touch on that, but tell us what's going to be happening? Uh, I started VeggieTales when I was very young, like 25 years old. By the time I was 30, it was the best-selling Christian kids product in the world. And suddenly I decided, you know, I'm going to be Walt Disney. I'm going to be the Christian Walt Disney. And I'm, and this is just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. And I'm going to build a theme park. And I'm going to, you know. And so I was chasing this dream to be Walt that I realized in hindsight, God did not give me that dream. That was my own head. And so as I'm building and spending and building and spending, I ended up spending myself right into bankruptcy. So I actually lost uh, the company because I was so convinced that God wanted me to be Walt Disney when he was just asking me to be Phil, just tell these stories. Uh, so I lost it, lost everything in 2003. The company was sold. Uh, a company in New York bought it. They made some new videos. Then a company in London bought the company in New York, and they made some new VeggieTales videos. And then DreamWorks made some new stuff. And then DreamWorks was bought by Universal Studios. And every time it was bought or sold, typically I would reach out and say, hey, do you need any help? Can I help? Uh, hoping that I could kind of get my hands back to steer the characters again and, and steer it into really solid uh, theological ministry, which was my goal all along. Finally, just in the last year, um, as Universal took over the ownership of, of VeggieTales, uh, our friends at the Trinity Broadcast Network had been chasing, I didn't realize this, they'd been chasing VeggieTales for like 10 years, trying to see, well, could we do something with VeggieTales? Because it's the most popular thing we've ever had to put on for kids. TBN was smart enough to say, hey, we want the, the original team involved in this, or we don't want to do it. And they reached out to me, and they reached out to Mike, um, and we pulled in Kurt Heineke, who produced all the music from all the original VeggieTales videos. And we said, OK, if we're going to do this, we're putting the band back together. Uh, we're going with the original characters the way we conceived them in 1994, you know, 1995. And we are teaching the Bible. You know, we're hitting Bible stories. We're teaching biblical values. And we're going to do it like the classics, like like we started. Um, I've already written six episodes of this new series. It's a really fun idea. One of the ideas that I've always had with VeggieTales was what if they actually did a little variety show, a little TV variety show, kind of like The Muppet Show, where it's a mix of segments and songs and stories but you could also see behind the scenes. And so that's what we're doing. We're, we gave them a little show in a theater. They're putting on a show in a theater. And so every episode is Bob saying, all right, what's the show going to be about today? And they're kicking around ideas around a big table. And it's really fun to put them into that context. You know, it's time for a new generation of kids to meet Bob and Larry. Looking at the, uh, the, the classic VeggieTales, I know that uh, Silly Songs got a lot of attention 
How did you come up with the concept of, of Silly Songs? Uh, silly Songs came out of me just wanting to do a commercial break kind of in the middle of the show. You know, let's just do something completely silly right in the middle of the show. The very first episode, uh, God Wants Me to Be Scared, I was working still as an animator, a commercial animator in downtown Chicago. And I'm riding on the bus on my way back from the post office. And suddenly, I'm I just a little song pops into my head. Everybody's got a water buffalo. Yours is fast, but mine is slow. Where'd we get them? I don't know, but everybody's got a water buffalo. And so I, I had a little tape recorder and I recorded it so I wouldn't forget it. I thought, well, that would be fun just to throw in as a random thing. I guess I could have Larry sing it because Larry's the silly one and it's a silly song. So I guess we'll call it, it, now it's time for Silly Songs with Larry and he sings the Water Buffalo song. And I honestly thought, well, that was fun. And we'll, in the next video, we'll do something different. We won't necessarily do another Silly Song with Larry. So in the second video, we did a little spoof TV commercial and sent that out to people and immediately got letters. Well, where's the silly song with Larry? Why wasn't there a silly song with Larry in that episode? And I thought, wait, I never promised you a silly song with Larry in every episode, but it, it, people loved it so much that I said, okay, Mike, uh, do you want to try to come up with a, a, a silly song for Larry to sing for the next one? And he said, okay, okay, I'll go to work on that. And he came into the office the next day. He said, I was in the shower this morning and I couldn't find my razor. And I started singing, oh, where is my razor? Oh, where is my razor? And I said, okay, Mike, 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 that's a good idea. But we don't want kids running around their houses looking for razors. So can you change it to something that's less dangerous? He went away and he came back. He said, how about hairbrush? And I thought, that works. Oh, where is my hairbrush? Oh, where is my hairbrush? Oh, where, 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 oh, Oh, wow. Uh, so, so much. I think the biggest lesson I learned, and this was through, you know, the loss of, of the company. The mistake I was making was I had made the work I was doing for God more important than my relationship with God. You know, so I was too busy doing stuff for him to just sit and rest with him. And we don't find our identity when we're working for God. We find our identity when we're walking with God, when we're just doing life with God. And God wanted me to be Phil. There's a, there was already a Walt Disney. There was already a Jim Henson. God isn't interested in me trying to be something I'm not. He was interested in just me. And he loves me even when I'm not doing anything at all. I grew up going to Bible conferences and missionary conferences and, and hearing all the amazing things that people were doing around the world for Jesus. And so growing up, I always wondered, well, what's the amazing thing that I'm going to do? Because that seems to be what God wants from us. But to just say no into my own kids, no, God just wants to be with you. The, the work he has for you will come out of your relationship with him when it's time. So I have learned to slow down and just listen to God and let the work I do for God come out of my relationship with God, which would have saved me a whole lot of trouble. Phil Vischer, you are a fascinating guy. I appreciate your sharing with us. Thank you. I'm very glad I could. <laughs> 